Okay, with the director, the documentary director of, of Spark in the Meadow. It's a short documentary. It's 17 minutes. It uh, was filmed all in Chile. Chile. Bernie is the director. And correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like you went to, to Chile. Obviously, you have an emotional connection to the country. You interviewed feminists, like for people, well, females who were part of the feminist movement. And then you found a story by within the context of interviewing them. Is that what happened? Yeah. Actually, you know, I went, the first time I went, I thought that I wanted to document the feminist search, which had started in 2018. And then when I went the second time, there was the social revolt in Chile in yeah. 2019. Yeah. Right. And uh, so we started filming and then I found myself with, you know, lots of B-roll and then Sophia's story came up. So it kind of came up in the in the film too, right? Where like the, we're watching the movie and it's like you're interviewing these kind of real, really interesting people. And then all of a sudden this this kind of sexual harassment story kind of pops up in the movie. Yeah. And what was interesting is that, you know, I found the story later on, right? I didn't go, you know, there because of the story. Yeah, that's what and, I mean, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then, so that and, was interesting. And then then, then when Sophia, was it, when you're interviewing her and this, this kind of story comes up, when did you just write then in the moment, like, okay, I'm going to run with this story. There's something interesting here. Yeah, well, I thought, you know, I had finally sort of found a threat to pull everything together. Yeah. And and she was, you know, such um, an amazing presence in front of the camera also, together with the story itself. And then, then some people had written about it as well. Okay, so the, the context is, is that Sophia is a law student and then she's being harassed by her professor who is a pretty famous or renowned attorney himself and he's, okay. he's helping legalize abortion. So he's he seem, he's doing good, right? Subjectively speaking, I, I'm assuming mm -hmm. he's doing good and, uh, and then, but at the same time, he's sexually harassing her at the same time, I guess. That's right. And I think that was, you know, sort of the thin line for her yeah. to sort of have to hold back because she was doing the research yeah. as well. I mean, basically, you know, um, he wanted to help move the law forward, but, you know, he didn't know much about it. So she was the one that was really doing the research and 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 really had, you know, invested interest in it but at the same time she's experiencing the sexual harassment herself so so she's doing like she knows that she's part of this she's part of this major cause it's like she's right snap dog in the middle of this like major cause of uh you know of, of in this country but then if she does out him i guess that then that's that could that's a threat of blowing everything up that's that could be great for the country i guess right Right, right. So she has, you know, this responsibility to all women, or or that's the way that she feels. Yeah. Right. And that's like a that's like a 
that's like a movie. That's like a Hollywood movie, right? Like with these, because yeah. no matter life, what, well. like you, what's what choice do you make, right? Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. And so she had to wait, right, until she um, had finished her own, you know, contribution in a way. So did you interview her first in 2018? No, I okay. interviewed her in 2019 when we went there. Okay. And then, and then, and then she started just revealing this information to you. Yeah. And so apparently she had spoken in a couple of different venues, but not that much publicly mm -hmm. about it. Um, and one of the interesting things is that the playwright and author that writes, right, and that I interviewed, who wrote uh, a sort of a chronicle, you know, short story kind of, um, about Sophia, met her after the fact, you know. So, yeah. so I guess it was, you know, a known story among feminists and activists that this was happening, but I thought the whole story was just, you know, flabbergasting. It's it's kind of amazing. And and how many times did you interview her? Mm, let me see, was it? I think it was once, but it was a very lengthy kind of stay. I mean, we were with her maybe like two hours. Because she starts letting it all out, right? And uh, so I'm assuming that, the, but that wasn't like, like sometimes when you're obviously when you're interviewing people, you kind of come up with an agenda. Okay, this, I'm going to ask you these questions. We're going to discuss this topic. But did you know beforehand this story, or did, did this come this this come out in the interview? Um, I had heard about her. Okay, so you, you get a little bit of a lead, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot of people told me that I would be interested in meeting her yeah. because she was a very active. Uh, feminist in the students social movement mm -hmm. and um, and she had had this experience with an important guy yeah but that's all I, I didn't have a really clear picture but I had read you know um, the writer's chronicle and yeah. so you know, I had that reference, which was kind of literary because it was sort of intertwined with, you know, this fourth feminist wave. Yeah. But I didn't have, you know, everything, just a general idea. Yeah, because she's getting it like and it seems like she's ready to talk, right? Like it's like she's waiting for you to, to interview her. And there's a lot going on, right? Like there's a lot going on in the way she describes it, but there's also the crap questions that she gets afterwards. Like, like, were you flirtatious with them? Like trying to blame her, right? Like, why were you, why were you with them so late? All these like dumb questions, right? Like it's yeah. like. And you know, the, all those dumb questions yeah. that you hear people talk about, right. That are super superficial, yeah. but that they're clearly leading right to a sort of a, a verdict blaming the victim exactly right? yeah yeah and so hearing it from her you know sort of really made that come alive i think 
you know, how, how even, you know, like your professors or people that knew her, um, you know, would really act in a way that, you know, sort of making her responsible for the actions of this man. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, right? That's what it is. That's exactly it. But then, but she's a feminist and she, she's like, and she's obviously like, one would assume even the way she, she, she's so elegant with her communication with you and she's a law student or she's a lawyer. Uh, she's got some brains right behind her. So she under, she sees the, she sees the the ignorance and the and the the trappings of of them trying to blame her, I guess, right? So, mm-hmm. so she's only in her twenties. It seems like she's gonna have a, she had, like she she got through this. Where a moment would assume she's getting through this. She's like she's got a pretty amazing future ahead of her. Well, that's the interesting part because you know, right when I interviewed her, she had left law school. Oh. Yeah, and because she really wanted to be a writer. Yeah. So I think, you know, but yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So so she was much more interesting in sort of exploring that. And, you know, sort of the underside of the story is that her health, you know, suffered because of all the stress that she went through. Mm Mm-hmm. So she had to take like a leave of absence for a while and, you know, sort of ponder what she really wanted to do. And I think she followed, you know, her passion that was more related to writing than to law. Yeah. So, well, I I don't know, like, are you going to, it seems like there's a bigger story here. Are you going to go back and interview her again and follow her again? I would really like to do something, you know, um, along those lines, because I I think she's definitely, uh, you know, a very interesting character with a a complex life. Yeah. Right? And um, so that, yeah, I don't know. I've been asked that question and, and I've been pondering about that. Um, but I was very much taken by her, you know, I I thought she came out so, so well in the camera. Yeah. Well, no, like, but you can tell there's, she's, there's, there's, she's smart, right? Like she, like there's smart and then there's like smart, like she's up, she's up there. Right. Like even you can kind of tell right away. Yeah. No, absolutely. And, you know, she was, um, actually, um, I think she was very close at a certain point in the in the student movement to Chile's current president. Yeah. Boric, who's a, a feminist, he says. But also what you have go- going on is that there's a there's a movie about the feminist movement, particularly in this country in South America, that you know, like there's a lot going on, but there's there's a, it's a, there's a macro feminist movement going on still in the world today, and you're going in the history. So there's like there's almost like two stories you're threading at the same time in this film. Yes, and that was I think the the biggest challenge, right? Because definitely there is, as you say, you know, and you point that out really well. There is the macro story, right? Yeah. The the sort of um, the master story. But also the individual story who's, you know, also revealing 
uh, the challenges of the larger collective story. Yeah. You know, and even someone, you know, because you would think, right, that someone who was a feminist wouldn't have to deal with that very, you know, sort of daily profane kind of, you know, harassment, right? Because you would know how to get out of that or somehow I think there is that expectation, right? At, yeah. at a certain level. And you can see that um, culture, right? And um, I think limiting obviously expectations and beliefs are still there particularly in the older, perhaps more powerful, you know, generation. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, if you like, I've, obviously you know a lot more about this than I do, but my, I remember I was reading, just finished reading a book about the seventies and the biggest resistance that they got during the feminist movement was women themselves, right. Resisting that, <laughs> that movement. So then you also get that as well. Right. So oh, that's, yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think there's, you know, even nowadays with all the strides that have been made yeah. and, and progress for sure, uh, but there's still a long road, you know, to travel yeah. for sure. And and it's not gone, right? It, it might come in different forms of, and shapes. Yeah. But yeah. I don't have to spell it out. It's like it's it's happening in your country right now, right? Like it's yeah. So yes, yes, absolutely. And yeah. and I think you know the younger women, I think have been really quick to catch up, though. And I don't think um, the guys necessarily have done that. I think they're you know they're fearful. They're uh, you know, not quite um, knowing what to do, particularly heterosexual men. But yeah. I think you see that here as well, you know, in the younger generation. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Well, it's it's so funny that it's because, well, obviously I'm a man. It's there's 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 an education that men in the formative years that we need to learn about communicating with females that probably there's a lack of that kind of communication that's happening in their youth, I guess. Right. So like about, about, you know what I mean? Like, just like they're, that's, I'm talking of, that's what I'm, that's what I'm seeing personally. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like that's like, like men need to be taught how to, how to treat women with, with respect. Right. So. Yeah. And, yeah. and I think, you know, it's, um, communication for sure it's course, like yeah. a, a major right i mean learning how to express right and yourself and and sort of but learning also how to speak about feelings and emotions because it is a skill right to to be able to articulate what's going on with you inside Right. I mean, that's something that you're not born with. So unless you make an effort to learn it, you're not going to learn it. Yeah, exactly. Or someone. Well, yeah, that someone's got a, a mentor or this, the education system needs to train or teach these these kids. Right. So. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And and I think that's why you see a really huge, I think, also generational gap. 
right? Because I think the very younger generation is sort of more open to trying new ways and yeah. perhaps listening more to what women are saying or LGBTQ people are saying. Sure. Yeah. You know, I think there's an openness um, that we don't find so much in the older generation. What's the cliche where like you can't do once you reach a certain age, you're not going to change. Right. So I know I know that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess there's something to be said about that. Right. Well, the more the older, you know, it's fear. Right. So when you're younger, you can face your fears a lot easier. The older you get, the harder it is to when you get more in your comfort zone, it's hard to face fears. Right. Yeah. No, you're right. And I think fear is a, a really key, you know, word there. It seems, but, you know, I hadn't thought about it in those terms that the older you get, maybe the more fear you might have. Sure. But yeah, it makes sense, right? Because right. because you want more stability and, and if you've had that stability, you'll just grab to that, right? As right. if, you know, you could. Yeah, well, this is what's happening now, right? And it's becoming like a you know, a woke versus the unwoke kind of society. And it's like, what side are you on? Right. So like, are you going to listen to those people over there? Like who want to change the world so drastically, or are you going to be on our side where the world's pretty okay? I'm, but it's, it's, I'm, I'm talking in black and whites, but that seems to be the, the, the political kind of ideology, right. These days. Well, and, and I think, you know, um, it's not only here, you see it, you know, in the Western world in general. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. You're seeing it like, you know, like in 2024, as we're doing this podcast, right? Like, it's like, that's, you know, got a big, some big elections coming up. Right. And it's, that seems to be the big talking point. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. Um, I think, I mean, the world seems to be very polarized. Right. Yeah. And it's about these kind of issues. So, yeah, and I think this is a fantastic film, but it's like it, it's but it also leaves me wondering there's there's more here. Right. Like, I'm sure you've been told that before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, the what was super interesting was, you know, that that I, there was the spark right from the feminist movement. But alongside with that, it was like a a social tide that swept the entire country. And, and I think having those two happening, you know, one sort of leading into the other and blending um, was really something amazing to be there and to witness it yeah. as it was happening. Right. And, and I think feminism in that regards, you know, definitely, crystallized right um what the majority of the population at least in that moment wanted right so so it wasn't um a feminism that was just about women it was a you know a feminism that it was about more rights for all you know yeah. so so i think that's what gave it also a sort of a um a special kind of identity, I would say, right? Because it was very collective. 
at the same time, right? It was about, you know, um, and in Argentina, there was something similar at a certain point as well, right? Where it's also about pensions, right? It's it's about dignity for everyone. So so you're speaking about, you know, rights that have been chipped away from people, mm-hmm. right? And And so you have all these different social movements converging and sort of sweeping, right? the entire country in a way yeah yeah 100 percent. and that was amazing you know us being there right when that was happening so for the audience like who are watching your film the western north america canadian american audience Mm -hmm. we're seeing like this this happening we're like we're so not aware of it right like most of us 90 i'm assuming 98 percent of the people who are watching your film from the United States or Canada have no idea this is happening, right? Because it's not anywhere in the news, unless you're like, you're, you're, you're searching about what's happening in Chile. Yes. You're not going to find this information. So it's like, that's the fascinating aspect. It's like, Oh, look, what's happening. What, what got, this is kind of amazing. It's like, you look at this progression that's happening. Look at this, you know, quote unquote movement that's, that's taking place. So that there's an educational element as well about like, like, like it's, 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 it's happening everywhere. Right. Yes, absolutely. I think, you know, it was like a spring kind of revolutionary movement. Yeah. Yeah. So what's what's next for you? Like, uh, like, are you going to make a larger version of this film? Are you I'm I'm assuming you're going to go are you going to go to another project? Like, I'm just curious. I have a couple of things in mind. Um, You know, I had thought of of making this into a larger project and that could happen and then I'm also thinking about um sort of um following um an artist from Chile who's right now doing something here in the states a project you know uh, an art project and I was thinking that it would be really wonderful to follow you know the process of creation of um, a really amazing artist. So I was thinking about that, that that would be super interesting for me to do that, you know, to sort of follow um, her thinking as she is making what she's thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the project is also very interesting because it's a project about um, Native Americans and how they were um, killed basically in the Susquehanna Valley here in um, in Pennsylvania. Yeah. And so, you know, that's her project is about that. In, right? in Chile? No, here in the States. Okay, in the she States. She's okay, from Chile, you. but she's an artist in residence. Oh, she's, 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 yes. okay, she's Chilean art. Okay, gotcha. Yes. So I think it's super interesting, right? Because she has looked at, I mean, she does very political art mm-hmm. and that that has to do a lot with colonialism and, um, and neo-colonialism, right? Empire and, and how empire works. But this one is super interesting because it comes back, right, to the U.S., Mm-hmm. and um, is attempting to sort of 
you know, really trace how they lived before they were uh, killed, massacred, because it was a huge massacre. And I think she wants to sort of recover the idea of what's left behind, you know, in the places, in the in the actual places, and in the memory of people uh, that used to live in a place, but they were massacred. Mm -hmm. And it's Native Americans. Gotcha. And so that's a project that really interests me. Because I think when you approach those kinds of things through art, I think you can touch, you know, those really hard and painful and tragic events in a way that allows people to think about them in a different way. Yeah, I gotcha. So... so that's one thing that I've been thinking about, but I got to have 48 hours instead of 24. Gotcha. Well, it seems like, yeah, like I, I'd love to see what you do next. It seems like there's the, like you're, whatever you choose like that, or like it, you're going to win no matter what. So it seems like you got some interesting projects happening with you. Thank what you. did what did you think before I, before we leave you? What did you think about we send the audience to you? What did you think what the audience had to say about your film? I loved it. I thought it was so wonderful to hear their feedback. I really, really liked it. It was super helpful. You know, I mean, it really interests me how, you know, whatever project I do, whether it's film or, you know, a book or whatever, or an article, even, um, how people receive it and how they think of it. And um, I thought they were so enlightening for me. Mm -hmm. So it was super, super helpful. Oh, I really enjoyed it. That's so great to hear. And yeah, yeah. Now, now you got me thinking about Sophia now. Hopefully she's <laughs> uh, she's okay and and, uh, and she she gets the best out of herself, right? Because you don't like. Listen, I'm not. I'm not. I have no idea what she's gone through and from the traumas that she's dealt with, but. You can tell she's pretty special and you you kind of hope that she kind of, you know, I, I wouldn't say conquer, but basically just she's able to to move like to move forward and uh, and get the best out of herself. Yeah, I think she will because she's super resilient, you know, yeah, and, okay. and very courageous and smart. So she can definitely do it. Gotcha. And then, yeah, and like you said, she's, she's a writer, so she's got something, she's got a point of view, she's got something to say, right? Yeah, and I think she needed that, you know, to yeah. sort of find uh, a different language that could capture all those feelings. Mm -hmm. And I think writing is a wonderful container. Yeah, 100%. Well, whatever you do next, I'd love to see it. And let's talk again, talk again soon. Thanks for what we're doing. We're doing this at nighttime. I think we're both on the East Coast too, so. Yes, we are. Well, yeah. thank you so, so much. Perhaps it's bedtime for both of us. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Well, you take care and thank you. Thank you. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Schlemiel, 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 Schlemiel